I'm Asahi Pompey, Global Head of Corporate Engagement and President of the Goldman Sachs Foundation. I'm excited that today's episode of Undistracted is brought to you by Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses, which helps entrepreneurs create jobs and economic opportunity by providing access to education, capital, and business support services. Later in the episode, you'll hear from one of our program graduates and learn more about their business and experiences. To learn more or apply to Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses, visit gs.com slash 10ksb. It's Brittany. So a few days ago, right after the album dropped, and y'all already know which one, my husband asked me, how does Beyonce make you feel? And I immediately responded, like the baddest chick alive. If you know me though, like if you really know me, you know that in and of itself is a triumph. Will Smith recently admitted something. He said, disappointing people is my central trauma. And when he said it, I cried like buckets of tears. And that quote has been etched in my brain for the last week because self-esteem, that all-important love for oneself, that has been and remains a lifelong journey for me. There was a time I had debilitatingly low self-esteem and climbing my ass up out of that hole has been a long, therapeutic, humbling, sometimes terrifying, but ultimately gratifying journey. We should recognize that this isn't just some self-help mumbo-jumbo. Patriarchy thrives when women feel like crap about ourselves. White supremacy depends on some of us believing that we need to work our whole lives to appease it. Entire power structures are built on this very premise, that when we internalize that we aren't good enough, we'll be willing to buy, accept, and chase just about anything that benefits the powerful and ultimately harms us. The Combahee River Collective reminds us that the personal is always political, even anthems of empowerment and how you feel about you. So whether it's Beyonce who does it for you or something or someone else entirely, be reminded you were born free. So act like it. We are undistracted. the show today we got some form of the group chat together to talk about the bomb that our souls really needed when you have finally walked away from all of the bull like all of the harmful theology all of the negative thoughts and fully embrace yourself you get the dance I'll be joined by multi-genre theologian Candice Marie Bimbo, Aisha Rasko, host of NPR's Weekend Edition Sunday, and legendary music editor Danielle Smith. That's coming up. First, it's the news. (laughs) 
So let's start with something to celebrate, which can feel all too rare here and undistracted. Kansans have voted to keep their state's constitutional right to an abortion. 59% of voters voted against the value than both amendment, air quotes on purpose. This was a win for Kansans, for Kansas families, for our rights. And we saw a broad, diverse coalition of groups coming together to fight really increased government control over our health care decisions. The amendment would have allowed state legislators to pass laws restricting abortion. And Kansas is something of an oasis of reproductive freedom in the Great Plains. Its neighbors, Oklahoma and Missouri, my home state, have full bans on abortion. And Kansas is the closest option for many people in Texas and Arkansas, too. The victory says what we already knew. The majority of Americans support abortion access. And besides setting us back 50 years, the Supreme Court's conservative majority might have fumbled the bag when it overturned Roe. Because this fall, the entire House of Representatives is up for election. 34 Senate seats are up for grabs, and 36 states and three territories are picking governors. And I don't think Americans seem to be taking too kindly to the GOP trying to kick our asses back to the Stone Ages. So listen up, candidates. You better get on the right side of history here, so campaign loud and proud for abortion rights, say the word, because your constituents need to hear you. And folks, we got to get to the polls. Okay, let's jump from one healthcare story to another. This one not quite so celebratory. Monkeypox. Yeah, and the fear and stigma that's developing around it. Monkeypox is spread by close physical contact, and many of the folks who have had it so far are men who have sex with men. But that's because viruses often spread in close community first not because there's some pathology among gay men. Far too many irresponsible media outlets treat monkeypox like a sexually transmitted disease alone and disinformation about the illness is spreading like wildfire. In reality, there are lots of ways the disease can be contracted. Cuddling, hugging, sharing towels and blankets, and yes, getting sweaty on the dance floor, but there's nothing specific to gay folks about that. So let me get one thing straight. Just because this virus is affecting queer folks does not mean that the virus has anything to do with being queer. Anyone can get it, and no one is immune. These parallels between the monkeypox response and the early AIDS crisis are terrifying. Straight folks are getting the impression that they don't need to worry about the disease, and they're once again feeding dangerous homophobic stereotypes to boot. Wrong. Ignorance about how the illness is spread puts you at greater risk for transmission and spreading falsehoods about our queer neighbors puts them at even greater risk. I want to close out with a tribute to the late, great Nichelle Nichols, a legend, a TV pioneer, and a freedom fighter. She passed away on Sunday at the age of 89. Nichelle is most famous for her portrayal of Miyota Uhura in Star Trek The Original Series. She was a leading character at a time when most Black roles were demeaning or caricatures. She was one half of the first interracial kiss on American television, breaking barriers for Black actors and actresses everywhere. Her importance and impact is vast, but it may be best summed up with one anecdote. After the first season of Star Trek came out, she thought about leaving the show and returning to Broadway. It wasn't until she met one particularly famous Star Trek fan that she changed her mind. That Trekkie, y'all, was Martin Luther King Jr. He said, you can't. Don't you know who you are? Hmm. To our movement, to everyone who's... You are there 
in the 23rd century. You've created a role that has such dignity and everything. It's powerful. You cannot leave. I, I don't know how you say no to that. I'll close with one last fact that I love. Nichols actually chose her own name for her Star Trek character. She picked the last name Uhura in reference to the Swahili word Uhuru, which means freedom. And may you rest in freedom and power, all the freedom and power you gave us. Coming up, I'll be talking to three brilliant Black women about the revolutionary power of disco, queer family, and taking a nap before hitting the glove. Hi there. My name is Gary Davis, and I'm the CEO and president of Water Lily Learning Center in Cincinnati, Ohio, an early childhood education center whose mission is to inspire and positively influence young minds one milestone at a time. When I first started this business in 2012, I knew that childcare was a $54.9 billion industry. But what I did not know was that childcare had some of the lowest profit margins of any industry. It was a big challenge to not only help children, but also create a profitable business. Being a part of Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses helped me overcome this obstacle and sharpen my business acumen. I learned how to fully comprehend my financial statements, expand my enrollment, and essentially create financial stability for my company. Water Lily started in just one location with only two students. And now in our 10th anniversary, I'm proud to say we have two locations, 14 classrooms and over 220 students. To learn more, visit waterlilylearningcenter.com. To apply for Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses, visit gs.com slash 10KSB. And we are back. So listen, y'all, we got a little bit of coin around here, and I do mean a little bit, but we don't have Beyonce coin, okay? So as much as I would like to play her new album, Renaissance, and talk about all of the surprises and layers track by track by track, we can't afford all that. But I did not stay up until midnight to wait for this album to drop to not talk about it. The only way to talk about it was to take all of the collective group chats and bring them alive here on the show. This started off as a conversation about Beyonce, but like her music, it became about so many other things. The evolution of womanhood, loving on our queer siblings, spiritual sexuality, and giving Black women our things. We've got an all-star lineup. We've got Danielle Smith, a legend in the world of music and cultural journalism, who happened to be the first woman and first Black editor-in-chief of Vibe magazine. We've got Aisha Roscoe, host of NPR's Weekend Edition Sunday, and the author of the Lemonade Syllabus, Candice Marie Benbow Returns. We had a lot, lot to talk about, because even if you don't want to admit it, Beyonce is the artist of my lifetime, and yours too. All right, so we have to start off this conversation the only correct way. Tell me where you were and what you were doing. <laughs> the moment you first heard the introduction <laughs> and started the album Renaissance. Danielle, bring me back to that moment. Why am I going first though? Why? I know that you understood this as an emotional, spiritual, musical experience. 
I know you had your ear pressed <laughs> tightly to the speaker. <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I am on the beautiful island of Martha's Vineyard right now, and it's it's humid. It's hot. It's it's sexy. I'm with some good girlfriends. My husband's mm-hmm. dipping in and out. My dog's acting wild. The music is loud, and it's just like she's back. She's back. She's yeah. back. Yeah, Candace. How about for you? So I had just woke up from um, my nap because, I mean, at the end of the day, Beyonce and I are 40. Yeah. You literally took a disco nap before the dance album dropped. Yeah. I was like, you got to take a nap before the club. When she, after 35, like, you got to take a nap before you go to the club. So I was in bed and I hit play. And when I heard the first line, these ain't stopping me, I said, oh, mm-hmm. it's. Whatever's coming after this, <laughs> she's not playing. She's not. not and I all. literally set up and was like, oh, like this, this deserves <laughs> my full attention. I got to tell you, I was in a similar place to you, Candice, because I had just pumped and I have like a really set schedule now that I have an infant, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, you got to go to bed at a certain time. You got because he's going to be up hungry. But my body would not let me sleep before midnight. Like I was in the bed. Uh-huh. I had just finished pumping and it was like, you got five minutes. You can make it. <laughs> and surely enough, I was like twerking on the mattress for like however many tracks it was for like 16 songs straight. And at some point, Reggie was listening to it. He was like, come to the baby's room. I'm changing his diaper. And we were in there dancing while we were changing the baby's diaper. Like it just, it was an all family affair. Aisha, what what was your first listen like? Well, you know, I so I got three kids and I, I work, I feel like I work like 18 jobs, but I <laughs> I got a lot going on. So and I love Beyonce. I love her dearly. But I was like, I cannot stay up till midnight. I gotta get my rest. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I just, so I was a bad fan. I was like, look, I got to get my rest. And then I'm going to hear her <laughs> in the morning. And so in the morning when I got up and I was like, okay, sitting at my desk because everybody going crazy. I'm like, let me listen to this and see what it's going with. I turned it on. And then as it started going, next thing I knew, I felt like I was in the club. I felt like I was in a rave <laughs> as I'm just sitting here in this exact same chair but I was like in another place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's she will transport you, right? This is why I keep saying she's the artist of a generation because her ability to transport us to wherever she wants us to be is unparalleled, um, at, at least for me in this current day and age. Danielle, you may disagree. But mm-hmm. so here's the thing. There's a line in Church Girl, right? Where she's like, you can get it tatted if you want to. Now, of course, she's talking about the dude who's fallen in love with us at the club, getting our names tatted on him. But if you could get any track title from Renaissance tatted on you, which one would it be? And where's the tattoo going? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Now think about it. Think about it. I'm going to tell y'all my answer while you think about it. Okay. All right. I'm getting church girl tatted for obvious reasons. Candace, we're going to come back to this in a second. I'm getting church girl tatted, but I'm getting it tatted on my inner thigh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we're going to be sexy and sanctified. All right? Yes. We're going to do all of that. And I'm going to put it in the place that is both sexy and sanctified. Sorry, mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows their answer? You know what? It's so many that you could do. You know, Church Girl would be obvious because I I do love that alien superstar. And then you could put an alien or something like that. Uh But I think Cuff It 
because, oh, yeah. and I think you could put that in a very nice, classy, just uh-huh. like on the boob. It's right there. Fleshy part. Just right yeah. here on, you know, mm-hmm. just on the yeah. boob. Like, it's very nice. <laughs> I think if you put cuff it right yeah. there, I think that would get a lot of nice attention. It sends a message for sure. And it would say what it means when you cuff yeah. it. Okay? Yeah. Like, so yeah, I think that would be a good, a good one. <laughs> Candace. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, of course, I'm on church, girl. And I was thinking two places. Like, on the inner part of the left ring finger. Uh And then I was thinking, like, right there on the thigh part. Like, right in that, like, little crease Uh, part. Right by the fold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right by the fold. Uh-huh. Right. 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 <laughs> right when she said in cozy, I'm juicy, like right in that like yeah. juicy part. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, close us out on this one, because I know you got a good one. I'm going for summer. I am. Ooh, okay. All right. I'm going for summer. I'm a June baby, number one. Donna Summer is one of my favorite artists of all time. I wanted to be her yeah. when I was a little girl. And I love the way, uh, you know, Beyonce is just grabbing her up and lifting her up right now, her legacy. And so I feel like I wouldn't get the full-out summer renaissance. Yeah. I would just get summer. And I think I would want it right along the back of my neck. Oh. So you wouldn't really see it. But on those days when it's top knot day, yeah. when it's top knot day, you're going to catch all it Because that's summertime. Mm-hmm. I always that, go yeah. for the top knot in summertime. But I have to say, y'all and y'all church girl uh, tats. <laughs> Gonna get a church girl tag. Mine sounds so like basic. Y'all's church girl tag sound like some. They wanna drop it like a thotty. Listen, me too. Listen, listen. I mean, we'll get into that a little bit. But Aisha, I want to come to you because this is Beyonce's first studio album, solo studio album since Lemonade. And Lemonade had some dance tracks, right? But really, it's Lemonade was all about the story that mm. Beyonce wanted to to weave for us. But so making this dance album is a step in a new direction. What do you think this reveals about where she is in her career and her life? You know, this could be all in my mind, but I feel like I have grown up with Beyonce, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we both had three kids. We married. We've been married a long time with the same man a long time. You know, I feel... a connection right like an old and my man's like seven years older than me so it's like I feel like mm-hmm. a connection like that's your sister and for real yeah, yeah. I mean I, I can't relate to like the, the whole cheating thing eliminate but I, I, I recognize yeah. being in a relationship sometimes it's a struggle and you know like you're worried about that person not being happy or you not being happy you trying to connect and mm-hmm. this is like whatever it is it doesn't have to be a, you know an affair it can be whatever and then you coming back mm-hmm. to each other I think what this felt like to me was and this might sound funny, like, this is, like, who I am in my mind. Like, I'm in the club. I'm doing all this stuff. I don't never go to the club. But this is what (laughs) I feel like Beyonce is, like, yeah, I'm a mom, but I'm going to show y'all what I can do. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she get out there, but you probably really not doing it like that. But in your mind, this is where you're at. Like, you want to show, I still got it. I can still drop it like a thought. I can still party. Mm -hmm. I'm still sexy. I still got all of that. And I think there is a real desire at a certain point to just get out and let loose and have fun. Yes. Like you've yeah. been a mom, you got all these people on you all the time, the man, whatever. Just 
And it's like, I just want to have fun. I want to let loose. I want to be free. She said America has a problem, and the problem is that I'm a bad bitch. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Literally. It's that kind of energy. And as a new mom, I agree with you. I needed that energy. And I really feel like, Danielle, there's no better sound. There's no better music to capture that kind of energy than dance music and specifically house music. Yes. You know, Vulture stated that there are decades of history in Break My Soul alone, right? That song samples Big Frida. It uses that iconic Korg M1 synthesizer. I'm curious as the as the music aficionado, why do you think this journey into dance and house is so impactful in this particular moment? You know, I hear you on all of that and I think the vocabulary that I use isn't isn't always dance and house. It's always for me disco. Mm. It's always for me one of the most underrated forms of music. It comes yes. in that area of time between like Motown and hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's that moment where you you can almost see hip hop in the future. You kind of waving goodbye to Motown on the back end. And it was an era for black people that was very like the Voting Rights Act had just passed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the thing that I really like about the energy of disco overall, even though I know that there are many wonderful men at the heart of house. Mm -hmm. But I really think that disco is a black woman's genre. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. Everything from Gloria Gaynor on down to Cheryl Lynn to, you could just keep going and going. You know, Dionne Warwick has great disco records. And I feel like that's why it sounds so good to us, honestly. And that's why it sounds so good to everybody because black women are at the heart of all of American part music. You know that's my mantra. It ain't never going to change. That's right. Read the book. Yes. We don't get the credit where it's due, all of that. And it just feels like that right now, especially when everything in the world is so damn scary Mm -hmm. and constantly upsetting us. Like Beyonce said, we could still claim our joy a little bit, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We could still claim our joy a little bit. Then we have to, right? Because if if we're going to hold on... For whatever this future is that we're going to build, we have to have that joy. We do. In order to make it happen. Candice, you know, we're talking about house music, dance music, disco, Black women being at the heart of those genres. We also, though, have to talk very clearly about Black queer folks, Mm -hmm. right? If you talk about disco, I'm thinking of Sylvester, right? I'm thinking about Sylvester's children, right? Like Big Frida Mm -hmm. and, and Messy Maya and like all of those Black queer folks who are bringing us club music, house music, disco, dance music, whether it is popular or not, right? right? And Beyonce, of course, dedicated this album to her uncle Johnny, who is her godmother, and who really, she credits for introducing her to these sounds. I don't know if y'all caught it. You probably did. She even sings out the colors of the progress flag Mm -hmm. in Cozy. And I was Mm -hmm. like, my God, like her mind, right? The co-writer's mind to really say, We're going to honor the foreparents of what we're doing. You know, she says, black like love too deep, dance to the soles of my feet, green eyes envy me, paint the world oh pink. She goes on and on. I can't play the song because we don't have Beyonce budget, but y'all know where it goes and you know how to listen. (laughs) And I don't want to say that we're the authorities, right, on whether or not she hit the mark on appreciating versus appropriating. But I'm curious, Candice, why you think it's so critical for straight and straight presenting folks like Beyonce, like us, to honor the power of Black queer folks, not just in music, but in general. What I think is so powerful and so beautiful about this album is that you really can't love this album if you don't love queer folk. That's like, right. That she made very clear that that this is an album that centers them and their experiences. Like, case in point, I literally listened to Cozy again and teared up because I was like, mm. all of like my trans sisters 
<laughs> and yeah. trans brothers have a song. This is a song for them, right? That says, right. I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm cozy, right? Yeah. We've had a rough go of it, right? We've had a rough mm-hmm. two years. Everybody's been in the house. And we still don't know what's going on. Like, we got monkey pot. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is everything is crazy. And at the same time, we have also seen over the last five to seven years a rise in assaults and violence against mm-hmm. Black, queer, and trans folks mm-hmm. to a point where it seems as if you look around and you're like, does anybody care? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. the ways that harm against Black, queer people has been normalized in conversation, in jokes, on television, yeah. and in music, right? And here you have... The greatest living entertainer (laughs) that has created an album that centers the lived experiences and realities of Black queer folk. Like, that in and of itself, like, I was reading someone's tweet. I can't remember who it was. But it was it was a non-black queer person who said that even though this is an album that everybody can get behind, they said even as a non-black queer person, they had to recognize mm-hmm. that she was centering black queer people and that that matters. That's and right. so one of the things that has been important for me is saying as much as I love it and I love it, right, that... As much as Lemonade, I felt like, was for Black women, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, like, folks had to make room for Black women to breathe, live, and love Lemonade the way that we do and the way that we did. Renaissance is for queer folks. Yeah. And that they get to enjoy this. They get to speak to it, name it. They get loved out loud in public in this way. That's beautiful. Yeah. And we can't let anybody diminish the gift that she's really given them with this album. That's right. And I I love the way that you phrased it. You can't love this album if you don't love Black queer people, right? So if you find yourself in the wrong part of the Venn diagram, Mm. this is a perfect time to check yourself (laughs) and figure Mm -hmm. out how you get on the right side of history, right? How you get on the right side of our siblings um, who deserve love and affirmation and full, vigorous lives. I want to talk quickly, though, about merch. I'm switching a little bit, in part, but the merch is, like, so queer. It's so Black. (laughs) It's so incredible. And what I think is genius about Beyonce is she understood just how hungry we were for this moment. So she gave us the anticipation for the album instead of doing a surprise drop. And she dropped the merch right at the same time. Did y'all cop anything? Of course. <laughs> My cart was very, very full. <laughs> Girl, I don't even, I don't, I don't even roll and I got a rolling tray. So like I got a rolling tray too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put jewelry on it or something, but I, it's going to be in my house. <laughs> yeah, same, same. <laughs> but I'm also trying to save my coins for whenever the tour happens. Ooh, yeah. I want the earrings. Ooh. Yeah, I want the ones with the horses in the middle. Wait, I didn't see those. I have to have, yeah. like, in the middle of the yep. That's on the site? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Y'all keep talking while I... Uh... <laughs> you finna scroll right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys, I ain't got no type of wave in my hair, but I got 
the do-rag. <laughs> Let me be very clear. There is a long black flowing do-rag that says move in rhinestones at the bottom. I will put it right on top of these braids and swing it around like I have a <laughs> low-cut Caesar with a deep fade, okay? Because <laughs> that do-rag had to come home to my house. Ooh, I like that Destiny's Child reference right there. I like that, Brittany. I'm an OG fan, okay? You, Don't you. let anybody tell you. I've been here since No, No, No Part 2. Yes. All right? There we go. <laughs> so, okay, so... Aisha, back to you for a second, because when we talk about really being lifelong fans of Beyonce, growing up with Beyonce, we've watched her evolve as a woman. We've watched her evolve in her evolve in her sexuality. We've also watched her politic evolve. Um, she's become an intentionally yeah. political artist, um, especially over these last few projects. Right. Declaring herself a feminist, being really explicit about intersectionality, um, releasing Black is King, which I've got emblazoned on my chest right here. Um, but Renaissance has a political quality that is a bit different. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how you see liberation in this particular work. I know Candace just spoke to it a bit. Yeah, I mean, well, Candace spoke to it really well. I mean, this idea of being comfortable in your skin, but especially when you're directing it towards queer people, Black queer people, I think when you're at a time where queer people are being, you know, literally targeted by the laws yeah. of uh, this country and being told that they don't exist or should not exist, to have a celebration of them is in and of itself political. Yeah. You are making a political statement that not only do they have a right to exist, but they should be celebrated. They are a part of the culture mm. and they make you cool, right? Like they setting the tone for like what you think is hot, it is the queer people who are setting that tone. Mm -hmm. Like, let's be real. Yeah. But you got to respect what people are delivering. Right. Like that. And for Beyonce to say that doesn't take away from anybody else to celebrate them does not take away from people who are not queer. Like because sometimes you'll have those people online talking about, well, you know, <laughs> how you going to say that? And I'm a black woman. I'm not queer. So you say I'm following you. I'm not following you. But you come on now. Yeah. It's like, come on now. Yeah. Like, no, there's so many slogans and statements and turns of phrase and stuff that we all use yes. to come from the queer community. So much fashion, so much music, so much everything. Exactly. Who's doing everybody else's hair? Political thought, yeah. theology, yes. like the whole the whole gamut. Yes. Yeah. All of it. Like, it's really kind of meta to me, too, because disco was one of the first places, I think, where the queer community was out there uh, dancing underneath the the twirling mirrored ball, mm -hmm. and it was like there were straight people at the club, there was gay people at the club, there were, everybody was at the club together. Different races of people were at the club together. This is why disco was such a threat to the larger mm -hmm. society. Mm -hmm. And so, to me, it's very clear that Beyonce thinks on so many levels that she's like, if I'm going to do this album for this community of folk, I'm gonna go back to to ground zero essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go back to ground zero and pull from that era. Yeah, talk about it, because that whole disco sucks movement was deeply racist mm -hmm. and deeply homophobic and yeah. deeply transphobic. Ooh, Let's talk it about was. it. Yeah, disco sucks. It really was. You know, I was thinking about that, that in addition to like what it has meant to have this album and think of it in light of Uncle Johnny, who the majority of us did not know, yeah. but have been able to to think about the Uncle Johnnies in our lives, yeah. mm -hmm. who have 
allowed us, encouraged us, and ushered us into an acceptance and a love of ourselves, whether we are queer or not, right? That there was something about these people in our own lives loving us and allowing us to see them love themselves unconditionally, even against the threat of larger society and within our own communities. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't like Black queer folk were just getting hate from white folks. Talk about it. Right? Like, there are many who had to walk away from their own families and create family and community because... They could not be who they who they are. Yeah. You know, I've been reading people's tweets who've been talking about the cousins and the yeah. aunties and the uncles. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I've had friends that we've had conversations about what this has made them think about in terms of being queer and being aunts and uncles and what they want to be in the lives of the young people who are in their families, that in and of itself also is revolutionary, right? That like Mm -hmm. we get to, one, honor the village, Mm -hmm. right? right? That we have never had these paternalistic, traditional family systems and structures. We have always had people that we could trust. (laughs) And that's important. Mm -hmm. Like there have been folks and that our mamas and our daddies could trust that maybe other folks with a side eye Mm -hmm. that cared and loved for us and loved on us just as much as our mamas and our daddies. These are not just mythical people and, you know, that we're talking about in Twitterverse and social media land. That's but these right. are people that come to my house for Thanksgiving. These are yeah, people, people that, that, raise, that me. raise me mm-hmm. that when I'm trying to make a decision about my life, yes. they're going to be among the first people that I call. Like, And then yeah. it pushes those who may have not even thought on that level when it comes politically. That's right. It pushes them to rethink even that. Mm. Candice, I want to stick with you for a second because I promise we come back to Church Girl. There's no way, <laughs> especially after the last conversation we had on the podcast, we could not talk about Church Girl. You know, I wonder if like, I wonder if Twinkie knew what she was, what, what she was approving when she approved the sample. But anyway. I don't think um, she did. <laughs> right? <laughs> the last time we talked, though, we talked about your book, Red, Red Lit Theology. We talked about being sexual and spiritual. What are some of the layers you've been peeling back on that song? Because I've been seeing people talking about that one everywhere. Yeah, so I, I wrote this piece for Religion News Service um, that came out Saturday about it. And one of the first things that struck me was that she used mm-hmm. a Clark Sisters song for some of the very reasons that Danielle was talking about. Like, like when queer folks were being pushed out of church mm-hmm. and found sanctuary in the club, like that when they couldn't feel God in church, right, they could feel it in the club, right? Mm. We're in a moment where so many Black women of faith, as we get older, are pushing back right. on a lot of these these narratives about who we can and cannot be as 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 women of faith, mm-hmm. right? And she gives this like bold, brash, like song that you get this this first line. I want to be center in your mm-hmm. will from that song, center that will. And you have 
Really? After the first verse? Mm-hmm. Like, you're in the first verse and your hand is up because you just, you have no idea where it's going. And then when that beat drops, and she said, drop it like a thotty, and you like, oh, we went somewhere else. We done went somewhere else, right? And, and it is it is this moment, right, of what it means to say, I am all of these things. Yeah. And I don't have to compartmentalize myself. Yes. I was born free. Mm. Can't nobody else judge me. Like, you don't have the power to put me in a box. Like, only I can do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, only I can sit here and give my power to you, yeah. right? Like, like that is what I'm actually doing. And they, I think that the reason that that resonated with so many of us is because she put to words and to music what a lot of us have been feeling, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And to do it over a DJ Jimmy and Clark's sister track. Mm-hmm. Unreal. And I think Danielle just said it. Like, her mind and the ways that she thinks. Levels. levels. Like, when I wrote the piece, I didn't even realize that Church Girl was track seven. And somebody mm-hmm. in... The number of completion. completion. And somebody <laughs> in my uh, on Instagram was like, not only that, like, it's track seven. And I was just like, shut up, girl. <laughs> like, you know, like, you just... You just sit there and you are like... And I'm going to say this and I'm going to be done. Like, there have been... I've been watching, of course, the, like how dare she conversations mm-hmm. and like the you you should be a woman of god you shouldn't be a church girl right those ridiculous conversations and someone sent me something and i said this is exactly why she made the song mm-hmm. right one to know beyonce and to know her story is to know she's born and raised in the church and she still has a relationship right. this is it. with her church and her pastor rudy rasmus they've built apartments for houseless people like yeah like she has never left the church and she's never left faith right like there are parts of her that have evolved and we can tell that and there are other parts and aspects that she's embraced but that's why she made the song Mm -hmm. and she gives us an anthem right after break my soul right that you won't break my soul Mm -hmm. she gives us an anthem that like when you have Finally walked away from all of the bull, like all of the harmful theologies, all of the negative thoughts, and fully embrace yourself. You get the dance. You get the pop it. You get the drop it. You get the shake it. And it is all good. And it is all holy. I love that. Yes. Amen to all of that. Amen, indeed. The Thursday sermon. (laughs) You know, you talk about there being levels to this, Danielle. One of the levels that I think is so spectacular about Beyonce is that she gets the fiercest, most wild, most incredible collaborators in the world. I mean, we've got, she samples Donna Summer, Grace Jones, we got T.S. Madison on the album, we got Thames, Drake has a writing credit. Heck, even one of my ex-boyfriends has a writing credit. I'm like, this is like a full, we're still friends, it's all good. This is like a full community of brilliant creatives, right? And you know, it never feels like a stunt, right? It never feels like Mm -hmm. you bringing out everybody because you're trying to manufacture a hit. This feels like organic creativity. And it's kind of impressive that the potential ego concerns of like all of these creative people are not getting in the way of the art. Are there 
collaborations that you find particularly exciting on this album or samples that you're like, whoa, she really dug in the crates for that. It's a beautiful thing. Don't look over here because I'm still on Summer Renaissance. Like, don't even do it. (laughs) But that's one of the places where we really feel Mm -hmm. that the core of the history that she very clearly understands coming through. It really does. It just wraps me up in a knot and unties me, (laughs) ties me back up into a bow. Like, I'm spinning. Like, it just... Yeah. It's giving Donna Summer. Mm -hmm. She's been giving Donna Summer from the very (laughs) beginning. The hair was giving it all of it, all of it, all of it. And so for us to lift Donna Summer up, and Donna Summer is not a perfect person. Donna Summer was in the, towards the end of her life. She had some unkind Mm -hmm. things to say about Mm -hmm. the queer community. And then she came back around and because she was such an icon for them, it was like a, it was like a, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, a shift to the gut. Gut punch. Yeah, it was. But she came back around again, and I really feel like Beyonce has all this in her mind. Mm-hmm. She has all this in her creativity, in this hive that she builds every time she's put out an album, really from the Destiny's Child days. If you really think about it, who somebody says something about they've been mm-hmm. down since no, 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 no. <laughs> am, am, am I That's wrong? That's right. It's or, part two. It's or was it really yeah. the remix yeah. that, that White yeah. did? the remix. Yeah, yeah with White Clef. So that's why I'm saying it's it's always like, why are they with White Clef? Or like, why how did she get her to do this? And how did she? Because Beyonce, some people say, oh, well, you know, everybody answers the phone for Beyonce saying everybody will do anything mm. for Beyonce. Mm-hmm. That's true, but it's not true. Yeah, She has to work like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it takes a really thoughtful coach to understand how to build a team. It's not just about putting out superstars, right? Because yes. it's mm. like, sometimes I love Marvel, but sometimes you watch it and it's like, you found every superhero you could find, right? Like, <laughs> But there are, there are some teams that get put together throughout history that you're like, wow, right? This is like... Lakers level stuff. This is this is Wu Tang level stuff, right? You understand how to put the right players together to create something that speaks so clearly to identity, to pride, to loving and valuing yourself. So before I close, if tomorrow is your last day on earth and there is a song or a lyric mm. from this album that absolutely has to carry you on to glory, what's the one? I'll tell you mine is that lyric from Church Girl <laughs> where she says I was born free oh and it's the, the way she sings it right she gives you this beautiful run and mm. it just kind of lands it gently and when she does that I, it just carries me to a place where I'm reminded with all this baby weight and all of these things pulling on me and all of these things reminding me that I'm not allowed to be who I am and that the people who I love are not allowed to be who they are that actually bump all that We were born free. And you can rest in that. Like, somebody can just put that on a loop. Roll me on out the church. Mm. (laughs) You took mine, but from that same song, when she says, we're finally on the other side, finally found the urge to smile. Mm. I have literally been thinking about just the last couple of years. Like, this year will make seven years that my mom has been gone. Mm. And it was an impossibility at times to think that life could be beautiful again Mm. and being able to find color in life and being able to find joy in life. If it's tomorrow, y'all can play that because I'm home with her. So I'm good. I hear that. Aisha, how about you? I know we're all picking from church girl, but I think if I had to, well, and, and, you know, of course it resonates with me when she talk about, you know, she, she Mm -hmm. knows she got church in the morning. (laughs) But she's doing the best that she can. Amen. <laughs> like, 
that's like I really want like I want like that to me is me like I am making me cry I can't take it with y'all honestly mm, I'm doing the best that I can and I want to say that as I'm sitting here I am amazed because I'm on a panel with Danielle Smith. Yes, talk Vibe about it. Vibe Magazine. No. Like, I'm not joking. Like, when I got a subscription to Vibe Magazine, I'm getting teary-eyed. God, we're all going to cry. I was like... Girl, why are y'all doing this to me today? No, I'm serious. Like, I was so... Like, my mama would tell you, like, I would be waiting... <laughs> For the mailbox, like dreaming about like the covers and all. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And so now I'm on a panel with Danielle mm. Smith. Where you should be, girl. Just doing the best that I mm. can. And that's all I've been doing and getting ready for church in the morning. Uh, that to me is the blessing, right? Oh, I love this. Y'all doing too much. No, it's true. That's the blessing. Never in my life did I think I would be here. Give the flowers. So it's a blessing. I love that. Give the flowers, right? Because that's what Beyonce did on this album. You gotta do it. Danielle, you are more than deserving. I remember the first time I met you at the <laughs> the Undefeated. Do you remember this? Yes, I and do. And you popped in and I was like, how does Danielle Smith know who I am? Girl. <laughs> I used to have to sneak Vibe magazine because I was so much of a church girl that my mom read this one that I had bought with Mary J. Blige on the cover and she read it and she was like that is filthy <laughs> don't you bring that in this house and I was like I don't know what to tell you like I'm a different generation by and these are the words of my people you don't understand I hope I wrote that one I do <laughs> I hope I did I hope it was me I hope it was me y'all are best though y'all are good and fine and fancy no best. you no we we appreciate you and this is why so okay so close this out what's the song what's the lyric that you want to carry you on to the other side oh mine is straightforward and again I'm back at summer renaissance and it's the simple word it's just applause mm. it really is Y'all know that in this part of my career, I'm truly, truly about Black women in music receiving the credit that they're due. But I'm really about Black women just receiving the credit that we are due. Mm. And so I think that we are so denied that. Yeah. We are denied it in life. We are denied it in death. We are denied it in legacy. We are just denied the simple, the simple, the simple sign language. Yeah. Of a, my dog is even co-signing me right now. <laughs> um, it's like we're denied that. Mm. We all know because we're blessed to be in the places that we are. And I'm blessed to be on this panel. The three of you, you guys are all such amazing women, Black women, just creatives, everything. I'm blessed to be here. But each and every one of you received tons of applause. But I will also say that you all three deserve much, much more. Mm. You do. You do. And so I want that. I could also put that tattoo where I was putting summer <laughs> on the back of my neck. It's like we all deserve that. It's a feeling of of people lifting you up, of appreciating your genius and your creativity and just who you are as a person and as a soul on this earth. Mm. It's sign language. It's putting your palms together in appreciation of another. Mm. And I just really feel like Beyonce does not make choices like... On a whim. Yeah. And she chose that word. It's in the last song on the song that just really brings Donna Summer back to us all. So for me, they always say, what do you want? You want somebody to say job well done? That's applause. Yeah. That's applause. That's right. Well, may we all live with that kind of intention and may we all get the applause we deserve 
Danielle, Aisha, Candace. I could not have asked for a better crew to have this conversation with. Thank you all for being who you are. Thanks for having this conversation with me and thanks for celebrating the Renaissance. I'll talk to y'all soon. Y'all are so great. Candace Marie Benbow is the author of Red Lit Theology for church girls who've considered tithing to the beauty supply store when Sunday morning isn't enough. Aisha Rasko is the host of NPR's Weekend Edition Sunday. And Danielle Smith is the author of Shine Bright, a very personal history of Black women in pop. Whether you are hive like me, or you just respect the artistry, or frankly, even if you don't believe the hype, <laughs> there is cultural richness in this album. I mean, you see how much it opened up for us to talk about, and there's so much left on the table, so many voices to read and listen to on this topic. And it pays, I think, to recognize that culture, society, and yes, even pop music can serve as an entry point to the conversations we need to have and open the door for the work we need to do. After all, all of pop culture is influenced by politics and vice versa. I'm old enough to remember when Ellen came out on television or when Lauryn Hill won hip hop's first album of the year Grammy or when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling during the anthem and that began to shift the ways in which we spoke, it shifted what we believed and potentially even how we legislated. Sometimes politics shapes culture, but a lot of times it's the other way around. Think about the conversations you've had because the lyrics to a song, a music video, or a viral television moment had everybody talking. Because before Kanye was wearing those weird ass boots, when he said George Bush doesn't care about black people, we had the chance and really the responsibility to reframe the way we talked about and understood Hurricane Katrina to be the latest example of environmental racism and structural poverty. I love this album. Because even in a moment of chaos, it is a clear-eyed dedication to boldness, joy, and pride in identity, which is always political, even when we dance. Because even if you gotta take a nap before you dance, we gotta dance. And the words of Jewish political activist Emma Goldman, if I can't dance, I don't wanna be in your revolution. That's it for today, but never ever for tomorrow. Undistracted is a production of The Meteor and Pineapple Street Studios. Our lead producer is Rachel Ward, and our associate producers are Alexis Moore and Mary Alexa Cavanaugh. And a big special thank you to Alexis Moore. We know you moved on to do bigger and better things, but we love you here at Undistracted. You can visit us anytime. Thanks for all you've done to make us great. Thanks also to Treasure Brooks, Hannes Brown, Davey Sumner, and Raj Makija. Our executive producers at The Meteor are Cindy Levy and myself. And our executive producers at Pineapple are Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. You can follow me at Ms. Peck Yeti on all social media and our team at The Meteor. Subscribe to Undistracted and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and most places you check out your favorite podcasts. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for being. And thanks always for doing. I'm Brittany Packnett Cunningham. Let's go get free. Free.